Randy Esparza, and I would like to welcome you to Spirit of Grace Church on behalf of Pastors Tim and Tricia Sanders. We are so happy to have everyone here today. And before we go too far, we should maybe pray, and yes, and you should pray for me. So, wonderful Lord, we thank you. We thank you, Lord, for this time, this opportunity that we have to come to you, to draw close unto you. We thank you, Lord, for your wonderful touch in our hearts and our minds. We ask you, Lord, that your wonderful presence be first and foremost in this sanctuary today. We ask you to lift up each and every family that's represented here today. We ask you, Lord, for your presence and your mercy and your grace. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, uh, before I get too far, I would just like to say what a wonderful time we had last night when we had that dinner thing out here. And, you know, our in-laws, well, my in-laws were in town. Taryn, my beautiful wife's parents, were in town. And, you know, they just, when we left, they just said, you know, what a great, di- what a great dinner, what a great time that was. And, you know, it just... I just, you know, so I'm sitting there listening to them and, and you know, all the people and, and the friendliness and stuff and just the feeling that they felt when they were here. And I just started thinking and there were like, I don't know, 15 tables, 8 tables, I don't know. There were 40 people, I know that. But anyway, um, I was just thinking, you know what? Anyone could have sat at any table last night and not been uncomfortable. You know, and and that is just so nice, and it's refreshing to know that, you know what, no matter who, you know what, you're going to feel comfortable, you're going to feel, you know, God's presence, and, you know, you just, you can't buy that, you can't manufacture that, it's just something that God has given us as a church family. And then we have, you know, Pastor Kim Welsh, and she, like, you know, without a hitch again, had this great, great, awesome, like, you know, dinner for us. And even Tony helped a little bit, so. I love Tony. I love to pick on Tony, and Tony loves to pick on me, so I'm good with that. But, you know, the hospitality that we have, we just can't duplicate here. And, you know, That's just one thing that God is moving. God is moving in and around us. And I just want to share a couple things with you before I really get started here today. Um, You know, God is moving all over. God is moving within this church. God is moving. My beautiful wife and I were in Mexico last month. And when we were down there, you know, at the orphanage, we had... uh, you know, this time, and, you know, we got to know the kids way more, and, you know, I've been asking my wife for several years, she's not given me any advice on this, but I've I've been asking my wife advice for several years of what to do with my hair. Because I know you probably don't notice, but you know what? It's getting a little light on top. 
So anyway, I'm hanging out with these girls, and we have this language barrier down there, and, and you know, and they love Teresita. They love Teresita. So, you know, everything's Teresita down there, and it's like with the girls, and it's like, oh, Teresita, Teresita. Oh, Randy, Randy, Randy. And they just laugh. Anyway, they gave me a hairdo. But the problem with it is, is my hair isn't long enough. So I'm going to share with you my next fashion tip. And I know you guys are probably going to say, I'm going to copy this because this is going to be big. I'm going to grow my hair out long, then I'm going to do cornrows. So that's what I'm going to do with my hair. My wife hasn't given me advice, so, you know, if it looks bad, it's kind of her fault anyway. So, wow. But anyway, I, that, that wasn't even in my notes. But anyway, um, you know, when we were down there, it was really, really interesting. You get to, you know, meet these people. You get to meet the staff. You know, you get to, you know, just you know, just visit and see what God is doing. And there's this group, this praise and worship team. The youngest is probably about nine. The oldest is probably about 15, maybe 16. And you know what? Every morning they get up and they do praise and worship to God. Every morning they do that. And they're proud of it. And you know what? They're actually really good. And it was such a blessing to see God move in that. It was such a blessing to see that these kids that are basically orphans, that God is moving in them. God is touching them and, uh, and he is using them to reach other people. The last day that we were there, we have praise and worship and devotions every day. This guy and I got to know him. He's a new employee. He was not there in December when we were there. And I saw God visibly touch this guy after praise and worship and devotions. This is like a 30-year-old guy who just started there, and he was visibly touched by God. God is moving. And then I will also share with you, you know, God is moving right amongst us in our midst. God is moving in this church. Um... You know how you do things sometimes just to support things? Well, I thought I'd do that about four or five months ago. I thought, well, you know what? I've been sober a good long time. I'm just going to go up to Chain Breakers and support that ministry. Because yeah, I got it all going. Just ask my wife. I've got it all going. But you know what? I have seen and witnessed Lives being changed right in this church, right here. God is moving. God is changing lives. And you know, we are so blessed. We are so blessed, you know, with what God is doing. And, you know, this is kind of what I want to visit with you about today is this, is you know what? God is moving right here. God is moving right here, and he's moving in the midst of us. And what does he want to do with you? How does God want to, you know, basically bring you and move you into where he wants you to be? Because you know what? He's using this church right now. He's using this church, and it's really, I've been in church a while, and it's like, I don't know how to explain it, but it's kind of like this. It's like, 
Well, there have been times where, you know, you're not used as much or maybe the church is in a different season and and it's not, you know, visibly, you know, being used like it is right now. But you know what? We're in a season in this church that God has come to minister to us. And God has come to say, you know what? I want to use you. I want to use each and every one of you. And that's, you know, I mean, we have to look at it. In my opinion, we have to look at it this way. What is God doing in my life? What does God want to do with me? And what does God want to do? Well, I brought my sunglasses in. This is really exciting for me. But what does God want to do with me and my church family? Because you know what? We're one body. It's so easy to say, you know what? Yeah, I go to church and that's my church family. But you know what? God doesn't look at us as, yep, we go to church, we come here, we sing a few praise and worships, then we go home. He says, you know what? That's my body. We are God's body. And anyway, I just want to... um share with you when I get back to my notes here. Oh, I got to share one more orphanage thing with you. There's this kid that Taryn and I met. He came literally while we were there. His mother died of an overdose, basically right in front of him. His father left. And get a little sensey when I talk about the orphanage, but... You know, we've seen him come in. We've seen him at night, you know, having trouble going to bed, you know, having troubles. You know, I don't know. He's not nine. I know that. And he just lost his parents. Well, right after we got back, you know, um, I serve on the board of the orphanage. And right after we got back, we got a call from Claire. And she called me and she says, you know, Alejandro, um, is having an appendicitis attack. And, you know, we went to the, in Mexico, there's like probably, or in Ensenada, there's like three sets of hospitals. One is the free hospital. You can go there and they may or may not treat you if you, if they don't want to. And they said, yeah, here we're, I don't know, maybe going to give them Tylenol and send them home. Anyway, you know, they knew that they couldn't bring him back to the orphanage. So they, you know, basically went to another hospital and they said, yep, he's probably got an, you know, has to have an appendectomy. Anyway, so Claire calls me and she says, you know, she says, this is going to cost $2,500. And she said, we have the money, but the money is like pegged for the staff you know, for their payroll. And could you imagine if you went to work and they said, yeah, sorry, you're not getting paid this week because guess what? Junior here who you, you know, are taking care of, he had to have an appendectomy and guess what? You're not getting paid. Can you imagine that? I mean, you know, you may feel for the kid, but you may also say, yeah, what about my car payment? What about my house payment? What about me? 
Anyway, so I basically, you know, told Claire, I said, you know, we've said in board meetings, we have to take care of kids. First and foremost, you have to have that. You have to get the kid to, you know, the surgery. And so she did. And then we kind of put out some prayer requests and stuff. And, you know, there was this, like, nonprofit or whatever that came in and covered the $2,500 append, I can't talk very good to begin with, and then those big words, that's no fun. But the appendectomy thing, you know what, they covered that. And you know, I mean, that doesn't seem like significance maybe to me or to you sitting up here, but you know what, so many things God moved there. First of all, you know what, the, the kid got well. Secondly, you know what, it was covered for $2,500. Could you imagine what that would cost in the United States? $2,500 wouldn't get you in the emergency room for one night. Could you imagine that? And that was covered by a ministry. And guess what? All, I don't know how many, 17 or 19 of the employees got paid on time. And I praise God for that because that orphanage again, that orphanage, they have about seven grand of their 17,000 every month that they say, yep, we can count on that. We can count on that much. And then Jesus every month just provides about 10 grand for them. And that is such a blessing. But I'd just like to praise God for that. I would also like to praise God that, you know, Alejandro, you know, is where he is right now because what would have happened if his grandmother never brought him there? Would he have been with us today? We don't know. You know, but God has chosen again such a time as this to move amongst us. And I'm just going to share with you um, out of 2 Peter 1 1 through 1 11. And I don't know where this is really going to go. Um, and I don't know what this is, means for our church, but you kind of got to work with me, and I'm kind of going to jump right out of the boat today, and I'm probably going to mess this up so Pastor Tim can fix this. You know, when he gets up here, and I'm really, really nervous now after, like, this is my first time speaking here since Pastor Tim has offered the class. And you guys are way smarter now. So I just can't, like, fake it up here. I kind of got to be somewhat serious about, you know, life. But anyway, back to my first question. What does God want to do with you? What does God want to do with this church? And again, I'm reading out of the New King James Version, and I'm reading Second Peter 1, 1 through 11. And I'm just going to read the uh, scripture, and then I'm going to, uh, you know, basically break it down a little bit. But Second Peter 1, 1 through 11 reads, Simon Peter, a bondservant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who have obtained like precious faith with us by the righteousness of our God and Savior Jesus Christ, grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and Jesus our Lord, 
as his divine power has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue, by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world with lust. But also for this very reason, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, to virtue knowledge, to knowledge self-control, to self-control perseverance, to perseverance godliness, to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness love. For these things are yours and abound for, the, for if these things are yours and abound, you will be neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For he who lacks these things is short-sighted even to blindness and has forgotten that he was cleansed from his old sins. Therefore, brethren, be even more diligent to make your call and election sure. If you do these things, you will never stumble. For so an entrance will be supplied to you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord Jesus Christ. You know, I'm just one of these guys. I just like to get there. I like to get it done. But I don't, know, I don't really want a lot of extra time. I want to get there like I want to do it and then I want to get to the next thing. Um, so sometimes I don't do things like perfect. I don't know about you guys, but I just like to get there and just get it done. But you know what? There's a few steps. You know what? If we're going to have our entrance, entrance be supplied abundantly into the everlasting kingdom, we have to do a few things along the way. And... I'm just going to break it down in verse 1. It says, Simon Peter, a bondservant of the apostle of Jesus Christ. So when this letter was first started, you know, it's announcing who is writing this letter. Basically, you know, Simon Peter is writing this letter. And I ask you, as I'm visiting with you today, consider yourself, if you were writing a letter about your relationship with God and about your relationship Consider, you know, that perspective as I'm talking to you today. Because you know what? God, in my opinion, again, he can fix this later. But you know what? God didn't just look at these 12 guys as the inner circle and that was it for eternity. You know what? God is looking at each and every one of us at each and every one of us, who we are in him and who he wants to make us in him. Do you have potential in the Lord Jesus Christ? Even if you don't want to, you do. Does he have plans for you? You know, even if you just want to come and sing a few songs here on Sunday morning and go home and watch the new XFL because you missed the Vikings, He wants more than that for you. But Simon Peter, a bondservant. So when this letter was first started, you know, 
It says, Simon Peter, a bondservant. Basically, what he's saying is, Simon, Simon, hey, I'm Simon Peter. I'm a bondservant or a slave first and an apostle second. But you really have to consider who this guy is. You know, Peter was a fisherman. That's really who he was. If I'm writing this letter, you know, first of all, you know, how would you like it if, you know, some Jesus guy comes up to you and says, yeah, guess what? I think I'm going to change your name. Well, first of all, if he came up to me and said, yeah, I'm going to change your name. I don't want you to be Simon anymore. I want you to be Peter. I would probably have an opinion on what I wanted my name to be changed to, you know. But you know what? Not only did he do that, but you know what? He transformed Peter so much that, you know what? If it's me writing the letter, it's, hey, I'm Randy the realtor. I sell a few manufactured homes along the way too. But you know what? It didn't say anything about him being a fisherman. It said, you know what? I'm a bond servant. I'm a slave of Jesus Christ. What are you a slave to? What are you a slave to? What am I a slave to? I'd love to tell you, you know what? I'm a slave to Jesus Christ. Some days when I'm doing well and I'm on a win streak, you know what? I do fairly decent sometimes. There's other days, yeah, ooh, kind of goes crazy. But Peter was one of the first 12. He had a fishing business. And he became this guy with his brother that left the family fishing business to go follow Jesus. And you know what? Jesus checks his, you know, Jesus checks his name and says, you know what? I'm going to call you Peter. But you know what else? You have to consider what he made a decision long ago. Simon Peter, he was transformed. He wasn't a box checker. He didn't just say, you know what, I'm going to go and we're going to have a couple, you know, worship. We're going to do that. And then I'm going to go back fishing because that's what I do. And I'm good at it. And I got buddies out there that fish too. And that's who I am. You know what? Peter said, you know what? I'm all in. I'm going to allow you to transform me so much that I'm going to tell people that I am a slave of yours, Jesus. I am a slave of yours. What does Jesus really want you to be? We come here, you know, we sing our songs, we do that. It's great. I love the praise and worship here. I love being fed by our pastor. But you know what? Jesus wants something more from each and every one of us. It's already 10.13 and I'm not going to finish this. I can guarantee you. But what would your letter look like? Simon Peter, he says, you know what? I'm a slave. And in verse 2 it says, grace and peace be multiplied. Let me, let me back up. The rest of verse 1 says, to those who have obtained like precious faith with us by the righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. 
this letter is not to an unbeliever. This letter is actually to, you know, basically someone that is churched because it says to those who have obtained precious faith. Have you obtained precious faith? What is your faith? Yeah, I got faith. I know that I know that Jesus died for my sins. I know he loves me. What's precious in your life? Is your faith precious in your life? I would love again to tell you, you know what? Taryn and I wake up every morning and talk about our precious faith. That'd be right, but we probably don't do that every day. But you know what? God wants you to value your faith in him. God wants you to value that. Grace and peace, in verse 2, it says, Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Peter believed if we had faith that we could also receive abundance of grace and peace. So if we have faith, we can receive an abundance of grace and peace. This is set up by God that we can have that. And in verse 3 it reads, As his divine power has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by his glory and virtue. As his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who is called by glory and virtue. Without him, without him we have nothing. We have no knowledge of him. We have nothing. We have no godliness without him. Our life, the good in our life, is based on everything about him and nothing about us. And in verse 4, it says, By which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises, that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in this world through lust. You and I have been given exceedingly great and precious promises. We haven't been given a promise that, yeah, you know what, if you come to church, or if you read my Bible, your 2.75 chapters every day, you're going to do good. It doesn't say that. It says that we have been given exceedingly great and precious promises that we may be partakers of the divine nature. We are partakers of a divine nature. You know, we can live in this world, we can do everything in this world just like we do and just like we have to. But you know what? He also has another level. He's got another level that, you know what? He doesn't want us to just... Go to work, you know, come home, turn the TV on, 
sit around for a few hours, say, yeah, I'm tired. He's got a whole nother level that, you know, he has exceedingly great and precious promises. God wants us to be transformed. You know, God wants to transform us into what he wants us to be. Oh, I have to share something with you about watching TV and stuff. Did you know I live with the TV police? Right after the Super Bowl, you know, most of us watched it and everything, and, you know, then there was this other TV show on after it, and it's like, oh, that's pretty cool, and then it was on, like, the next Monday night, you know, they do that, and they catch in. I never do that. We don't watch a lot of TV. We just don't. And, but anyway, I thought, you know what, I want to watch that. That looks really good. So the next Monday night, I made sure I was home and sat in my nice comfy chair and told my pretty wife how pretty she was and started watching this TV show. And all of a sudden, and I enjoyed the first episode, and all of a sudden, you know, this alternative lifestyle scene comes on. And I'm going to share with you, this is not, you know, 1030, you know, Cinemax. This ain't that. This is like... ABC or NBC or something, 7 o'clock. But all of a sudden, this alternative lifestyle scene comes on, and it's like this TV police person in my life just basically got really upset and angry and said, yeah, do we need to watch this or something? I thought, oh, my gosh. Who made you the TV police? That's what I thought. And then I thought, you know what? If I was sitting right there and Jesus was sitting right next to me, would he want me to watch that? It's prime time. It's 7 o'clock. It should be safe. Jesus wouldn't want me to watch that. So then guess what happens? We end up watching like Hometown Honeymoon or something on HGTV. And it's like, then we were all happy. It's like, So after I thought about it a little bit and watching Hometown Honeymoon or whatever that show is, I thought, well, you know what? Jesus probably wouldn't want me to watch that. My point is, is this. Another part of this is we were sitting here, and I don't remember, to be real honest with you, don't tell my pastor this, but we're sitting here in the last split session, and he had this topic, and... I obviously wasn't listening too much to him. But, you know, in the end, all of the guys kind of unanimously agreed, you know what? We really, really, really need to take control of our time. We need to take control of our time. And we need to do what God would have us be doing with our time. And... That goes right into this. Into verse 5 it says, But also for this very reason, giving all diligence. 
we need to be conscientious about each and every part of our lives. We need to be conscientious and diligent about what God would have us to do. Why is this? Because you know what? God, again, wants to transform us. God, again, you know what? Wants us to be someone who he wants us to be. Are you close to where God wants you to be? Am I close to where God wants me to be? What do I need to do to get there? I need to be diligent. We need to be diligent with what God wants for us. Because you know what? He's moving. God wants each and every one of us to do what he wants us to do. He wants each and every one of us to be a slave to him. That's what he wants. Wouldn't it be nice if life was easy and we could just push a button and you know what? All our nice little life situations would be all taken care of and, you know, being a Christian would be easy and the walk would be fun and, you know, for everyone but probably Kim and Tony last night, the walk was really fun, you know. I saw Rick and his wife on the newlywed game and that was really funny. I can't draw at all, but I got to get up there and then Deb Hammond helped the guys out and said, oh yeah, it's a bouquet, and it's like, thanks sister. But that was really, really fun. That was fun. We had a great time. But you know what? There are, most of the time, each and every one of us have to consider what God wants on purpose for us. Because you know what? If we aren't purposeful in what we need to do, you know what? We're not going to attain the level of life that God wants us to attain. And this isn't really fun to visit about, and I probably messed it up a little and but you know what the everyday things that we go through God wants God wants us to live life God wants us to be happy here but you know what he wants to draw us higher in everything that we do God wants to give us an abundant entrance to the kingdom. God doesn't want me to just get there right on time, say what I need to say to appease him. You know what? He wants to give me an abundant entrance to the kingdom of to the kingdom of him. We can't just, you know, be a little diligent. God wants us to be diligent in everything that we do. And in verse 6, in verse 5, excuse me, it, it reads, uh, but for, for this very reason, giving all diligence, and I lost part of it, um, to knowledge and self-control. 
If I would have had enough self-control the other night, I just would have switched the TV right to the hometown honeymoon thing, and we would have been good. I didn't have enough self-control that night, though. But you know what? To self-control, he wants us to persevere. We need to persevere in everything that we do. You know, sometimes my phone here, I persevere. You know that thing that they put on your phone? It's 11% at Menards today, but... That's not usually where I'm at, but I was there. But you know this, the feed they give you? Sometimes I go home, I'm really, really good at self-control in this. I read every one of them. What does it get me? I can read everything about Joe Biden or Donald Trump or Bernie. It ain't going to change a thing. God's in control who the president's going to be. I mean, I can vote for who I want. You know, the wild haven't been that good this year, so I haven't had to follow them. (coughs) Excuse me. Timberwolves aren't that good. You know, none of this matters. None of it matters. What matters is what I do for him. And... You know, I'm not saying that, you know, we need to be praying 24-7. But just imagine if we did. Just imagine if, if, you know what, we lived our life like the guy in the second last row who basically, you know, takes his calendar and says, Hey, Jesus, what do you want me to do today? Just imagine that. It's crazy. Do you want an abundant entrance? Do I want an abundant entrance? I do. I want, this again may sound a little self-serving, but you know what? I want Jesus. I want Jesus to be proud of me. I want him to be proud of me. Saying that's Randy. Think I'm going to change his name to Tondaway. Would I like that? You'd probably have an opinion with Jesus about that, but you know what? If he wanted to do something like that, would I be willing to accept what he wanted to do with me? Whether it's change my name, change my location. change my career. Change my perspective. You know, some of these things, when you think about them, it's like, and we all have it. Yeah, you can change my name. You can change my location. Don't change my feed on my phone. Don't change my career. Don't give me something that I don't want to do. You know, God. If you look at this scripture, and you're going to have to study it more because I'm 
never going to get done. But if you look at this scripture, it's about him. It's about us becoming a slave to him so he can give us an abundant entrance. And we only have to do one thing. We have to do two. We have to believe in him. And what I mean by that is that his, that his way is going to be better for us anyway. And then we have to become a slave to him. Which means our mind doesn't matter anyway. Our thoughts don't matter anyway because we're a slave to him. He's our master. I wish I could live like that every day of my life. I wish I could serve like that every day of my life. And we all have our situations. We all have our things. It's like, yeah, I did that good. And you feel good about yourself because you know you did right by Jesus. We all have that in our life. But he wants us to have more of that in our life. So he can bless us more. That's what Jesus wants for us, is to bless us more by allowing him to live through us more. I thank you so much for being here today, making the commitment to draw closer to him, making the commitment to support your church family. It's a blessing. It's a blessing to see everybody. It's a blessing to be able to live life with you guys as a church family because that's truly who we are. We'll close in prayer. Wonderful Lord, we thank you. I thank you, Lord, for each and every family that's represented here today. I thank you, Lord, for your touch in our hearts and our minds. I thank you for your touch in our thoughts. Thank you for your blessings, Lord God, that you give us, Lord. But I also ask you, Lord God, that we can lift you up and become slaves to who you would want us to be and become slaves to who, how you would want us to act. We ask you to bless each and every uh, remainder of this service, and we ask you, Lord God, that your wonderful will be done uh, here today. In Jesus' name we pray.